Live from the Paragon 7 studio, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studio. Professor, the, the LP album. Y'all know about that. You're you going to learn today about this underground hip-hop movement listening to my show. This is this is Lars Professor. I just want to chill from the LP. A fantastic album that was shelved for like 20 years and, and came out like 2010 or 2011. Back to BuzzFeed News. Will Smith confirmed that he and Jada Pinkett Smith have an open relationship and admitted she's never believed in a conventional marriage. A year from the, quote, entanglement drama. Reading an article, the Hollywood couple who were married in 1997 and shared two children, Jaden, 23, and Willow, 20, made headlines last July. Me and Shannon, when Shannon was on the show, we talked about this. After they addressed the rumors of infidelity during their marriage on Jada's candid talk show, Red Table Talk. Now, Red Table Talk is a pretty good show. I do a show, so I understand that the people that, that do media, they're trying to promote their, their product. It is going to be a real short segment because we got we got the first of the series. Isaac Isaac's coming in. We, we're doing interviews about health issues germane specifically to to black men so we have a series of interviews coming in and and isaac palmer jr is going to lead that series we have regular people that are coming on to talk about their their experience in healthcare as a patient conditions they had when they first started feeling bad what they did about it and how it impacted them but back to to will and jada I'm going to, a lot of times on this show, I go in a direction that you don't think that I'm going to go. And I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest. It's obvious that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, they have their own lives. They have their own interpretation of marriage. They have their own interpretation of religion. They're in Hollywood. They have dabbled in Scientology. I don't know if they're actually still practicing Scientologists. I'm not going to talk about this anymore I don't know why we're obsessed with what Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are doing and I don't know why we're obsessed with what's going on in somebody else's bedroom now I know I, I you got you got John and April Nixon who come on a few times a month and they come in and do a segment and we do a segment of their podcast they're relationship experts They've forgotten more about relationships than I'll probably ever know. But why, why are we obsessed with what, what other people are doing so much? Why, why is this a news topic? Let me give this about two or three more minutes of my time, and then I'm swiping left. Or is it swipe right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not a millennial, so I don't, I don't really know the lingo. I don't know what no cap means. 
I don't know what quote say less means. Somebody told me to quote say less. I thought they were telling me to shut the bleep up. Maybe they were. But I'm not obsessed. I don't care who Will Smith's sleeping with. Will Smith is old enough to play Uncle Phil on the Fresh Prince reboot. He just needs to gain a couple of pounds and have the, the same horseshoe baldness pattern. Rest in peace, James Avery, great actor. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the character Uncle Phil, not the actor James Avery. He's a great actor. James Avery was also Shredder on, on, on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you didn't know that. I don't care who Will Smith is dropping hammer on. I don't care who, who Jada Pinkett Smith is hopping in the sack with. I don't care if it's sexual. I don't care if they're texting each other, these, these, these mistresses, these affairs. I don't care if they're sending nudes. I don't, I don't really care. I don't care if they're meeting for, for, for cocktails in Soho or hot chocolate under the fire in, in Vermont during the winter. Why do we care? How does that make my life better? These people are rich, AF. They have everything that money can buy. If they want to have an open marriage, that's, that's fine. I, I know that I know that Lance J's not having no open marriage. And I know that most of you listening out there are not having an open marriage either. Paragon 7 Studios. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. But at the same time, like I said, and me, you know, I'm 56 years old. Damn! James Lewis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It feels so good to be cared for. Back up now, just a little more. The feeling someone's always there. Just to show how much they care. The feeling you're not alone. Now she's a part of your home. With so much to protect each day. Caring goes along. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell them that the Flatbush King sent you. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to IndustriousOffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at IndustriousOffice.com. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7, 7 Studios. Studios. Tell the angels no, I don't want to leave my baby 
So Isaac, before we go to the next interview, back on the last day show, I'm playing this, and we'll talk briefly about this, and then we'll go to the interview. People have the audacity to talk about Drake in the same breath as the as the goat. Michael Jackson and I just I just I know that you're a music connoisseur. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to remind people that that when Bad came out, Bad sold 31 million copies and was considered a flop by who, Sony because Who because, are these people? Because Mitch Thriller, there's Drake. a bunch of people that are that are 25 and under. Because Thriller sold 66 million copies now to put that in context. There were 5.6 billion people on on planet Earth. In 1983, 84, when, when Thriller was, wow. was at its zenith. Which means that one out of every 100 people had the on Thriller the face album. of the freaking earth had the Thriller album. And let me say this. There wasn't a bad song on that album. Not a bad song. Show me a Drake 10, album 10, 10, with right, not a right, bad so, song. I mean, We're going to talk about Certified Lover Boy. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that. I have heard it. Uh, I have heard it. Both, both, both that there's and some Donda. Amazing, there's some amazing great songs. Great music, but bloated in my opinion. There's too much. It's too much. Donda's too much. 24 tracks? Yeah, it's just too much. I don't have... It's like watching The Godfather. <laughs> or watching uh, Usual Suspects. One of these movies is like three hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. I can't listen to, to to Drake or Donda for for two consecutive hours. It's just not that. But back to uh, the the more important issue at hand. Isaac's been bringing in some some phenomenal discussions and narratives from from people that are just sharing. This is this is for this is for African American men. We and Isaac's been a part of the show for, for the last six months. And we've had these constant conversations about what can we do to encourage our brothers to get medical attention for physical health, mental health, that nagging ankle injury that you've had for for 10 years, all of those things, that that pain in your your shoulder, your chest. Why wait until that till that uh, um, morphs into something that's that's life threatening? So we have this series of interviews where people are coming in to to share their story. So we have Brian that's that's on the line and is going to chat with us. I'll, I'll turn it over to Isaac. Hey, uh, Brian, what's Brian going on? on? What's going on, Isaac? Appreciate you uh, calling in for this. Well, what we're trying to do is, you know, we don't want to get doctors on the line. We want to hear right. black people. men. I want to I want to show uh, present to black men, other black men and their stories uh, and, and see if there's some learning. So we'll just kick it off in the top. You know, I, I kind of know most of your story. Where does it start? What was the first thing that made you say, huh, that's different? <laughs> uh, it wasn't even me. It was just friends of mine, people that are in my inner circle that said, you know, it's not normal that you're falling asleep on the couch mm. at seven o'clock every night. Mm. So I was, quote unquote, ignoring it mm. uh, or just thinking to myself, well, I'm sleepy because I'm not getting enough sleep. Hmm. And I think that after that went on for some weeks, you know, um, you know, like my best friend and my wife were like, you need to go get this checked out. So uh, I went to my doctor to get an annual physical. And, um, you know, in the course of me explaining to him my symptoms, he said, all right, we're going to order up these different, you know, labs. And he said to me, um, and, you know, maybe we'll test you for Lyme. And then he said, oh, no, maybe we won't. And I said to myself, while I'm here, you have my blood. Go ahead and do it. So it was almost almost like on a web where he said he'd do that. So hang on. Let me let me just stop right here. You said that sure. you went to your annual physical. So you didn't seek out 
a medical professional for why am I falling asleep on the couch? Right. You had already scheduled an annual physical. I, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to recall if it was just my annual physical or, you know, to, if we back up and, and if I'm being totally honest, I think in terms of an annual physical, I wasn't doing that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had probably done one in high school just to play high school sports. I probably done one in my late twenties, early thirties, just to get, you know, uh, a life insurance policy. And even at that, it wasn't a complete physical. Right. I probably wasn't into, it probably wasn't until I was in my forties, mm. early forties that I said, you know, I need to start seeing the doctor on a regular basis. And this was, you know, in the last six years or so. So yeah. I don't want to make it sound right? like I had a regular, I don't want to make it sound like it's an great, that's a great backdrop. It's I think so important. It's very consistent with, with a lot of us that, you know, it's, it's, you don't, you don't go to the doctor unless you're really feeling bad. So if you're feeling mm-hmm. good, right. you know, why? Right. And, and three years without going to the doctor can easily become 13 years without going to the doctor. If you don't have any serious Correct. health issues. Yeah. Correct. All right. Sorry. Continue. And so, um, when uh, the, the the results came back, uh, they called me, and uh, I think it may have been the nurse practitioner. I can't recall. But anyway, she said you tested positive for Lyme. I didn't know what that meant, right. um, and so it was actually my wife who started doing a lot of the research, and um, they prescribed um, some antibiotics, right. and they said you know do these for three weeks, and then you'll feel better. And, and Isaac, I, thought, I don't know if you know, I talk to Brian pretty frequently. I uh, do know we, that. Yeah. Okay, because yep. we we've yep. I've been through a lot of the stuff that that he's currently going through. So so another so side of it. You guys know a lot about Lyme disease, right? Uh, give me the byline. Give me the quick synopsis for the audience. What is it, and what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? I'll, I'll take that one. Lyme is basically sure. a, a bacteria that is not viral. It's a it's a, it comes from a bacteria, usually from some type of tick bite. Um, usually from a tick bite that's attributed to a deer. Um, it's very prevalent in the northeastern part of the United States. Okay. So if you're in Virginia, Maryland, Connecticut, Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, it's prevalent there. Not as often out in the West Coast, but, but tick-borne illnesses, whether it's Lyme or Rocky Mountain spotted fever or many of these other ones, they, they all have very similar results. There are different complications bending, uh, depending on the tick that you are bitten by that can come with Lyme. So some people have neurological damage. Some people um, have heart damage. Some people just have unbelievable soul-sapping, sucking fatigue mm. from it. So um, it's very difficult to treat. Fortunately, they've made strides in treating it, and, and they're better doctors. But the truth of the matter is, Isaac, you have infectious disease doctors that, that usually treat these type of issues in a typical ID, they can't treat this. Uh, you got to go to someone that has a background background in treating Lyme, and that's not always the easiest person to find. So let me tell you my first reaction when I heard both of you had Lyme disease, because right. I found out individually. Right. I said, that's white people's disease. White people get that. I was shocked that two, well, you ain't gonna get it on the two south side black of Chicago. men that I knew. But you're not going to get on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, no but deer, you guys, no deer on the you south guys are, Chicago, are, are so. well-traveled. But right. I was shocked <laughs> that black men get this, yeah. can get this. Right. This is not some obscure right. things that happen outside of your neighborhood. Right. It can happen to you. And the only way that Brian found out about it is he was paying attention to his fatigue right. and went to see a medical professional. 
Well, correction, you're right. People around me were paying to uh, paying attention to yes, my fatigue. Yeah. I, you did, pay, I did so the you normal to them. Right. The normal man thing is like it's nothing. Even right. with pains, you know, right. you don't want to show vulnerability and weakness. Yep. It's just mm. I'm coming down with something mm. or a pain you might be feeling. I know y'all were talking about a, a sore shoulder or a, right. a sprained ankle. It'll eventually heal itself. Right. Um, so I had to be coerced to go get it looked into. Because how many ailments so have you, you figured out in the past by just walking it off and it'll work mm -hmm. out? I mean, that you're a man I, I think in, the in, thing in is, or 50s. One of the that, things that I think we, MO, we right? do in terms of avoiding going to the doctor is you make excuses and there are excuses that you're too busy. Right. And if I feel fine, then I am fine. Mm -hmm. Follow what I'm saying? Right. Right. So um, those are the things or you you're, you don't want to feel like I, I'm doing great. I don't want to get a diagnosis that's right. going to be life changing or life altering where I'm going to right. have to make some sort of lifestyle changes or someone tells me there's something wrong with me when I feel fine. So I think those are all probably some of the primary reasons why, you know, we just don't go to the doctor. I feel fine. So M5 is one of those things that you say internally. But if you ever say it in front of someone, it would get batted down. If, right. if I ever said that to my wife. I would never say that to her. Right. She would be like, come on, you got to go see a doctor. No, I mean, that's a that's a great point. And, and you know, Brian, since I've talked to you a lot about your condition, uh, share briefly. Um, I know that you have had battles with this. Talk about some of the symptoms that that you felt as a as a Lyme disease survivor and some of the cycles that you've dealt with. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, they call it the great imitator. Mm -hmm. And so um, you, 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 I know initially um, you go to all these different specialists because some things I was ignoring uh, with, it felt like tightness in my chest, yep. uh, you know, a lot of vision issues, yep. um, a lot of achiness in hindsight and stiffness in joints. And, you know, I work out, so I just assumed I was sore from working out. But since I've actually started dressing Lyme, um, and I think there's been a lot of success and I've made a lot of progress. The, you know, the achiness and the soreness I associated with working out when I work out now, I don't have it. Um, the problems I was having with my heart, I just saw a cardiologist maybe two months ago and I was blessed to, um, I, I'll never forget when they sent me to the cardiologist the first time, uh, the, the lady, the doctor that I was speaking with, she was familiar with Lyme. She said, I want you to go to see this Lyme, this is how I my Lyme litter doctor, doctor, since you have Lyme before we try to do anything um, more complicated. And so they started working on the actual Lyme and some of the co-infections I had, which was Bartonella. Yep. And as those I things have. got better, my heart got better. My heart got better all of a sudden, right? Uh, sleep disturbances are still things I'm dealing with in terms of not getting good sound quality sleep. And then just double vision, blurry vision, painful eyes, uh, dry, itchy eyes. I think a lot of people, depending on your, your, your health and uh, the, the, the tick that bit you, you have symptoms that uh, might be different than these, but mine are basically eyes and sleep issues right now. Have, and the funny thing I is they'll, they'll, they'll tell people, for five years. uh, you, you look, you look perfectly fine. Right. There's no way right. you have yeah. something wrong with you. Yeah. I'm like, uh, but I do, you know, so, yeah. but no, I, you know, Brian and I, yeah, I appreciate cause Isaac, I got, like I said, I talked to Brian a lot and I'm involved in several Lyme disease support groups Good. because, um, I, I, and one of the things that Brian was smart and, and Brian's wife got him into a doctor quickly. And one of the things about Lyme, once this thing settles in, you, you don't have a lot of time. So if you try to, if you try to walk it off for six months to uh, a year, it, it gets to where it's the, the more deep it gets infested in you, it's harder to treat. So 
shout out to you, Brian, for getting treatment earlier because that that makes your path to healing uh, a much better and, and visible path. But but Lyme is is such a difficult illness to to deal with because like like Brian says, it's, it's called the great imitator. Um, you can have symptoms that are similar to MS, ALS. You can have symptoms that are similar. You know, it it it, it can produce like a gout like arthritis in your foot and hands. I mean, there's so many things that, that this thing can do. Um, so it's just important to, to have that constant discussion with your provider. And I like to talk to people in my support group that, hey, I had Lyme. I was in a wheelchair from Lyme. You, there's life after this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. life after this, but it's not always going to be easy. You're going to have days that are really rough days. And there's not, a, there's not a magic elixir. There's no surgery you can have. There's not a cure. But people like Brian that address it, that are vigilant, that fight through, that are still active, that that go to the doctor and understand that that it can impact the heart, it can impact the 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 neurological side. That's how you that's how you manage this illness and, and ultimately defeat it is is by staying vigilant. And you know, I've always appreciated Brian your your candor and honesty uh, through the battle. And I look forward to you continuing to be on the other side of this and encouraging other people that were where you were, you know, a year and a half ago uh, that 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 really were, you know, scared, concerned. Hey, what's going on? You know, is this normal? The Herxes, all of that stuff. Uh, I know that you'll pay it forward as as you go through your healing journey. Yeah, you're right about the the support groups. I'm part of one on Facebook and then there's a website. Uh, for the treatment, I'm doing a a, a, a desk bio, so like an immunotherapy. But James, also thank you for being a, a shoulder to lean on and a listening ear. But I'll say this, you know, one of the things you learn, uh, especially when you're in these support groups, because you can never tell if your bad days is as bad as it gets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just heard James said he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, I cannot tell you some of the folks I've yeah. come in contact with and talked to and heard them, you know, say they were in bed, they yeah. lost their career. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, if... If I didn't tell you I had Lyme, you wouldn't know. And I don't consider that to be great. I consider that to be a blessing because we were able to get some, you know, early detection and start working on it immediately. I don't really have a lot of bad days other than my eyes. And I know a lot of people think bees being cool when I have on sunglasses. I'm just very sensitive to light. And that part has not been fixed. And so I do wear glasses or sunglasses a lot just to promise you, Brian, I I had that. That's the that's a classic Bartonella symptom. I promise you that will go away that uh, I had that for like five years and ultimately oh my gosh five years it it resolved itself i had to do the sunglasses but you know the body is amazing the body's uh the way the creator has built us in the ability for the body to heal itself from these um you know outside forces you know i I promise you that's something that that's going to dissipate over time you know i know what it's like to have that blurred vision you're trying to drive and i'm seeing isaac i'm seeing the 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 highway sign i'm seeing three signs <laughs> i don't know where to get off at the exit but that that is something that you know as a classic bartonella issue it it definitely will go away i haven't talked to a lot of people that have had that indefinitely you know as you get your treatment before it we will get go away before we get too sympathetic about, about brian he wears some amazing sunglasses all right well you got the ray-bans and i'm not I'm mad at him man. he looks good while he's do doing that. it it's um but um, but it, it means a lot to me to have uh, you on, Brian, because I don't I don't talk about my Lyme disease that often on the show. Um, and, you know, warriors out there that, that fight this thing and defeat this thing. It's just like having diabetes. Hmm. It's just like having it's chronic disease. I don't want to say cancer because yeah. that's a little bit more immediately life threatening, but it's a chronic illness like yeah. multiple sclerosis, yeah. diabetes, 
you got to get up every day Gross. with the understanding that this is in you. Mm-hmm. But if you lay down and just let negativity permeate your spirit, it's going to be hard to fight this. You have to be vigilant and say, I will get up. I will work out. Mm. I will do those steps. I will eat right. I will eliminate things from my diet to trigger this. And, and, you know, I talk to Brian frequently and his willingness to do that is, is, is critically important. And, and I'm just, I'm, I appreciate you sharing your story and, and don't think because you have it, been in a wheelchair or anything like this, man, any, any of these illnesses, they have so much impact on the body, man. It's, it's, it's not about who's suffering more. It's really more about the victory and, and your willingness to, to push through. And that that's inspirational to me. Appreciate all the support you've given and all the advice you've given. I, I just feel blessed. I mean, having been diagnosed with this and not knowing what it was, I made some changes and I'll be honest, Isaac knows we hang around each other a lot. Am I 100% with my diet? No, but I'll never forget my, my nurse practitioner told me and my Lyme doctor said, if I told you you can't ever eat this or you can't ever drink this or whatever the case is, that in itself comes with a different set of problems and stress. So I need you to minimize these things or I need you to limit these things. And so I kind of, you know, I kind of, I guess, um, lean towards just probably being on what I need to be on 75% of the time. But okay. other than that, I go ahead and try to enjoy life because just... It's not fun to, to live and fun to be around. Right. If you just absolutely like, what's right. in that? Is there sugar in that? Right. Is there dairy in that? Or is there alcohol in that? So right. uh, I just try to do the best I can, probably around 70, 75% of the time. Shout out to good healthcare professionals mm. that, that know how to relate right. to these patients. Right. That is amazing. That's, yeah, that's good. Uh, we need, we definitely need more of that, Isaac, in our communities. Last thing, uh, Brian, what would you advise people that are struggling with Lyme disease, what, if you have a couple of, of tips and pointers just from your experience, what would be the best advice that you could pass along? Well, the, the first piece of advice I would give is one you gave me, and, and I, I mean this in the nicest way. I'm not in any way, shape, or form taking a shot at the medical profession. Your primary care physician has no idea when it comes to Lyme. Mm, Do not trust them in terms of with your health. If you don't feel right, something's not right because they will prescribe, you know, an antibiotic for three weeks and then tell you you're fine. And if you know you're not fine, you need to continue to sort of, you know, seek help. The other thing is you have to find what they call a LLMD. And again, this is just advice James gave me, a Lyme literate medical doctor. Now that term is not recognized by the American Medical Association. As a matter of fact, my PCP said, what is that? That's not even real. But I found a good one. Yeah, I found a good one. And the other thing is you're definitely going to have to, and this is not a bad thing, especially uh, when you think about all the different challenges we have with our health, you're going to have to look at your lifestyle and you're going to have to make some changes. And so, um, and there's a lot of information out there. There is a lot of information out there. It's a lot more common than people know, especially in the mid-Atlantic and the Northeast, like you said. So I don't wish this on anybody, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and complain as if mm-hmm. my life just sucks because, like I said, I have met so many people whose stories are unbelievable. And for the most part, I mean, if you, I didn't tell you I had Lyme, you wouldn't be able to tell. And that's just because of the great care and a lot of support and the device I've been given to this point. So Man. find you an LLMD. You're going to have to change your lifestyle and be vigilant and, you know, be diligent in whatever sort of um, treatment protocol that you decide to go on. And it does get better. It absolutely does get better. That's good. That's Man, good that's, to hear. That's, that's fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Brian, for, for joining the show. Uh, Thanks, we'll be, Brian. We'll be back with more Lance Day Radio Network after these messages. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios.